What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Take a look at running back tiers right now on Fantasy Football Today. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everybody. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, and good morning to Chris Towers. What's up, Chris? How's it going? How's, uh, how you feeling? I know it's a little early for you. We're, getting, we're starting our shows earlier now, going forward, hopefully most of the days anyway. And Chris is joining us today. He works I, uh, I usually do the baseball podcast. We record at 1230 in, at, in the morning, I guess. And uh, we I, I skipped last night, so I'm good. I'm well-rested. I don't know how you convinced Scott White to do that. but uh, That's Scott White's idea. Oh, really? Scott oh. works nights now. Oh, okay. All right. Has been know. for like four years. Out of touch. <laughs> All right. JV's up at that hour anyway. So uh, we welcome you to the show. Obviously, we have big running back news. It's three of the players who are in the first two tier or three tiers of Jamie's tiers, uh, you know, did not reach long-term deals yesterday. One of them is Tony Pollard. He's going to play on the one-year franchise tag, uh, $10.1 million deal. Uh, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs little bit murkier. So I think we can just weave that into today's show. Other news items real quick. Uh, Evan Lazar of Patriots.com says the Patriots offense will likely feature a lot of two tight end sets. And according to the Athletics, Sky Moore appears to be the top slot receiver right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jamie, good morning to you. Do either of those last two news items uh, move the needle at all for you? Uh, the Patriots one is interesting just because I think when you look at their personnel, you know, they had a lot of injuries to their receiving core last year and now working in Juju. And so, you know, Juju is not necessarily the best suited to play on the outside as he would be to play in the slot, which kind of ties into the Chiefs situation as well. So I think if they're playing more two tight end sets, that's not necessarily going to benefit Juju to maximize his potential. Um, for Sky Moore, yes, I have moved Sky Moore ahead of Kadarius Tony as my favorite Chiefs receiver. So I would Whoa. rather draft more than I would Tony. Ooh la la, that is spicy hot. Okay, expand on that. 
Well, I just think based on how these guys are going to operate, and this sort of speaks to that, and, and plus the track record of Kadarius Tony, if he hits, he's going to be better. There's no question about it because I think his, his upside is amazing. But, I mean, we're now two years into his upside, and he's had a hard time staying on the field. So they're not far apart for me, but I think Sky Moore will have more receptions. I think he'll be more productive, and I think he'll stay healthier. So I'm going to take my chances with him as opposed to Kadarius Tony right now. Chris, people still say ooh-la-la, -la, right? Um... Sure. <laughs> There's that one song by the faces. I oh, like I that one. That. I, I love I, that song. I can't say that it's a phrase I've heard in the wild very often, but like <laughs> you're kind of an old guy. So it makes sense that you would say it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Like, of yeah. Old guys say it. Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. What do you think of that take, Chris? Uh, Sky Moore ahead of Canarius Tony. I've had them ranked back to back pretty much the entire process. I think it's 41 and 42 in my wide receiver rankings. It, I, I don't see a strong argument for having one way higher than the other either way. And so I'm certainly much more likely to draft uh, Sky Moore just because an NFC ADP is 50 spots behind Kadarius Tony overall. So I, I think it's clear which one makes more sense to draft. I, I, they're fairly similar in terms of what I expect from them. Tony has a little bit more draft capital, but also a lot more has gone wrong for him in the NFL. So I think it's there's no reason to have them significantly apart one way or the other, I think. Okay. Um, all right. That's a topic to explore. I just want to see Kadarius Tony as a rookie had 420 yards in 10 games. Sky Moore, as a rookie, had 250 yards in 16 games. That is a, a really underwhelming rookie season. Oh, yeah. Uh, see how much that matters to people. So as we look at running back tiers, Jamie, your top tier. I'm, I'm going to ask you more. Your first round running backs, how risky do they feel this year? Is it riskier? Do you feel like uh, in like uh, riskier this year than it has been in previous years? Does it at least feel that way, the first round of running backs? No, I think they're always risky. <laughs> you know, I mean, anytime you look at these guys at this position, there's going to be some you know, major injury concern because that's just the nature of the, the, the position that they play, and it's kind of what the real-life conversation has sort of turned to. But, I mean, McCaffrey's, what, two previous years prior to last year, he's dealt with injuries. We still drafted him in the first round. Jonathan Taylor's coming off an injury-plagued season when he was the projected number one overall pick. Um, Barkley is, you know, two years removed from, you know, an ACL tear, three years removed from an ACL tear now. So these guys are, are risks, but I, I think when they hit, you know, hopefully that's the case, then they're superstars. So, um, no, I don't think the injury, the, the, I don't think the risk has changed. It's just, you know, I think there's more understanding of what that risk is and why people are a little bit more averse to it, why they're leaning toward wide receivers, Travis Kelsey and the quarterbacks. Uh, Chris, Jamie and I have kind of talked off air about, well, Jamie, you can correct me if I'm putting incorrect words in your mouth, kind of digging the mid-round running backs this year. You know, you got like Damian Pierce and J.K. Dobbins and Alexander Madison and James Conner and maybe, I mean, take your pick, Cam Akers later, maybe people like Pacheco, whatever, but is this the best RB dead zone in the history of the world? Oh, Chris, you got muted. What happened? Then this is there this is go. just classic Chris Tower stuff. If you listen to <laughs> FBT, this is I'm I'm gonna do that at least three times a show. No, uh I think the the RB dead zone is traditionally defined as like four through eight rounds, I guess. And in that range, yeah, I mean you have 
probably Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. Like those guys might all go in that range. And there's there's plenty of upside there because we're waiting for the changing of the guard at the running back position. I think that those two topics are related, right? We've got the the high end running backs this year are all pretty much guys on their second contract, and I think those are this conversation is related to the the one that the NFL as a whole is having, where it's not just that running backs are relatively easy to replace within NFL offenses, but also that most running backs best seasons come on their rookie contracts. And by the time they get to the free agency market, you know, they get their four years if they're not first round picks and then the franchise tag. And then they're they're finally eligible for that big contract. Most of them, their best years are already passed. And that's the concern for the giants with Saquon Barkley. That's the concern with the Raiders for Josh Jacobs. And that should be the concern for fantasy is that, we have all these elite running backs who are 27, 28, 29, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. Uh, Saquon's a little younger, but, you know, Derek Henry's in that age. Nick Chubb's not far from being there. So I do think there there is some reason to be concerned that, like, I could see a scenario where this ends up kind of being like 2015, which I'm dating myself. I had forgotten this season was as far back as that. Is that but the uh, Devontae Freeman? The season Devontae Freeman was the number one running back. He averaged 21.4. And I think the number two running back averaged like 16 points per game in oh, PPR. Goodness. Now, that's not what I'm projecting. That's not how I expect it to go. But given the age, given the holdout factor for Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, I do think that there's a chance that this ends up being a pretty disappointing year overall for the position, at least at the top end. It just seems like they're, you know, it's easier to come up with questions about these guys, or it's easy to convince yourself to get away from them. Like even McCaffrey, you look at the splits with Mitchell, they're very stark when, when he and Mitchell were both healthy. Eckler, you got the targets, maybe a target problem with uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both healthy. The numbers, again, they really much fewer. also, And then you get Quinton Johnson, too. He's still got that trade request. I mean, yeah. and nothing nothing ended up coming from it, and we don't expect it to, but that's hanging out there. Yeah. Eckler? Eckler, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Just when they gave his him general the, malaise. Well, I mean, I, I think when they gave him the modest extension, which was basically just, you know, here, pat on the back, we'll, we'll make mm-hmm. you somewhat happy. That probably stopped that. But um, he didn't he just come joined. out? Didn't he just come out and sort of say, like, I can't believe there is. Number two well, he's doing he, he's doing the chorus of of running backs mm-hmm. of saying they're yeah. you know, expressing frustration, and I think it would be kind of fun. We would hate it, but I think it would be kind of fun if they all walked out Sunday week one and said, "Good luck." It's <laughs> like an RB Wildcat strike. They can pick it like the like the actors. Let's see some of their signs. Okay, so uh, we'll uh, the writers, the we'll get into the what, what's that? The writers, not the actors. No, no the, the actors, actors are, too. Are, are, well, the actors are out there with them, but it's a writer strike. No, it's an actor strike too, isn't it? Yeah, it was writers first. Actors just joined in. Okay, right, Chris? Yes. Thank you. Ooh la la! All right, we'll get to the tiers in just a minute. Let me promote a few things. The podcast league. You want to be in the podcast league? Look, there, we'll do our normal contest for the podcast league, where you'll submit some fun submit uh, some fun things, and we'll you know hopefully play some fun songs on the air. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up in August. But right now, there is a spot available in the podcast league. We don't have a lot of time left on that. But if you go to tinyurl.com slash FFT donate, you'll see not just this spot, which is up to one thousand nine hundred twenty-five dollars. 
but uh, a lot of different things. Private Zoom calls with our talent. Um, be a guest picker on the Cover 3 Big 12 Locks pod. Private Zoom call with Rick Spielman. That's pretty cool. That's going for 250 bucks right now. Private call with Adam Iser, whoever that is, $50. Chris Towers, $50. That's all you got to pay to hang out with us. But if you want to be in the podcast league, remember, all of this benefits St. Jude. So pony up. And that uh, we have two days and six hours left. It expires Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. So please make your bid now. Another thing I want to tell you about is the podcast awards. Help us win this year. We came so close last year. But CBS, our company absolutely uh, crushed it last year and the podcast awards we had so many great podcasts i think morning combat won best sports podcast if i'm not mistaken congrats to them but we're taking it this year so we're nominated for two awards on podcastawards.com best male hosted podcast that is not best male host that is best male hosted podcast and best sports podcast i'm text nando right now no best male hosted <laughs> podcast and best sports podcast Please select Fantasy Football today for both of those. Just go to podcastawards.com, sign up really, really quickly. It took me about 10 seconds, and then vote for us. All right, Jamie, tier one for you is two players, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, tier one. I think those are the first two players that are going to be drafted at the position. You know, we could see Bijan Robinson maybe from an ADP standpoint leapfrog one of them, probably Eckler, but I would still keep those two guys at the top, especially when we're talking PPR. You know what they're capable of. You know what they have done. Uh, as as you know, you guys have alluded to, from an age standpoint, they're still right in the spot that you should be comfortable with them for at least one more season. Uh, McCaffrey more so than Eckler. Um, Adam, despite the fact of uh, you know what you brought up time and again in terms of the splits and carries uh, for Mitchell and McCaffrey, it's not like McCaffrey was still lacking in production when Mitchell was on the field. He was still very productive, just not to the same heights that he was when Mitchell was out. So. Uh, they're in great situations, great offenses, very productive, very involved in the passing game. You got to feel good about them. They they are arguably um, in half PPR and non PPR the first two overall picks. You know, once you get past Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and PPR, they're right behind them as well. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't really believe that this is going to happen again. I'm just going to throw out the numbers. Uh, in six games that McCaffrey played with Elijah Mitchell, he averaged 11.2 carries, 4.3 catches, and 16.7 PPR fantasy points per game. In the five regular season games he played without Mitchell, he averaged 18.2 carries, 4.8 catches, and 25.8 points per game. So 16.7 with Mitchell, 25.8 points per game without him. That's the difference between RB7 and RB1. So if you get RB7 with the first running back, you're going to be disappointed. But I don't think, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to carry over, but I would say that's a huge difference. What are we talking here? Nine points? I will say Heath has pointed out a few times, uh, specifically on Twitter, that there were also some weird situations there because, like, one of those games was the game they blew out Arizona 38-10. to The other One of the other games, they blew out Arizona 38-13. They had the blowout playoff win against Seattle in there. Uh, yes, I think there was Mitchell, a game against... I, I always bring this up. Mitchell was not the garbage time running back. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Mason was. But you're right, Chris. I mean, I, I look. You look at like the, whatever. Uh, look, let's just say that Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are tier one, and leave it at that, right? I mean, I don't want to bog down the show and something that we don't. But I do think on. there there's some risk with both of them. Just they're they're also both in their late twenties. They're both on that you know second contract. So like, both Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are at the age where if they fell off, that would be in line with what we historically expect from running backs. Sure. 
Okay, uh, tier two for Jamie is three running backs, Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley, and Jonathan Taylor. And Saquon Barkley, you're keeping him here right now, Jamie? For now. Um, you know, I again, I think you look at what he should be able to accomplish if he's on the field come week one, you should feel pretty good about it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the way that I did this mostly was what I expect the guys to be, where I expect the guys to be drafted. And I think these are first round running backs, you know, so you can make a case for Jacobs in this group as well. Uh, Tony Pollard also, but I think these are the guys that are going to go in the first round. The guys in tier one, the guys in tier two, we'll find out what ADP says, but you know, these five, I think are the first round running backs. But not just what you think ADP will be, right? I mean, this is what, what how you would draft too, right? You would take them in the first. This is round. how I have it ranked as well. Yes, that these are these are the guys that are going to be drafted in the first round, based on how I expect it to go. Bijan, Barkley, and Taylor. Chris, any any issues there? I I think Josh Jacobs should be in here, but the reports seem to indicate that there's a better chance of him actually holding out than Saquon Barkley. Although I think there's a, a chance for both of them. It's tough with the holdouts just because none of them really have any leverage if they hold out. You know, the the changes to the CBA over the last couple of uh, years have really limited what you can actually accomplish with a holdout. So it's how much do these guys want to take a stand that may not actually lead to anything. But based on what he did last season and what I expect his role to be in the offense, especially Josh McDaniel's offense has over the course of about 20 years been incredibly valuable for running backs. It's been like top 12, 15 times out of 20 years or something in terms of total running back points. So I do think if Josh Jacobs is there, he's going to play a significant role and be, you know, close to as good as he was last year. Uh, by the way, Chris is talking about holding out regular season games for Barkley and, yeah. and uh, Jacobs. They will certainly hold out in training camp. They're not under contract, so they won't be fined for that, but they would be fine if they hold out regular season games. Um, all right, so we'll talk about Josh Jacobs. Is he in Tier 3? We'll find out after a quick break on Fantasy Football today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've gotten through two tiers so far. Tier one is McCaffrey and Eckler. Tier two is Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley, and Jonathan Taylor. And those are the five running backs most likely to be drafted in the first round. Tier three for Jamie does have Josh Jacobs in it. Chris said that he would put Jacobs in tier two, assuming there's no holdout. But tier three for Jamie is Pollard, Jacobs, Chubb, and Henry. Pollard, Jacobs, Chubb, and Henry. So what separates, Jamie, Pollard, Jacobs, Chubb, and Henry from Bijan, Barkley, and Taylor? Why are they lower? Again, the way I was looking at it was where I expect these guys to be drafted, where I would draft them. So Pollard, for me, toes the line. Same with Josh Jacobs in terms of being first-round running backs. Uh, so they're early in, in round two. I think they're going to be, again, very successful players if they continue to do, A, what Pollard showed uh, last year, building off that, and what we looked at when the games that Ezekiel Elliott was out, and then Jacobs, you know, hopefully still being that guy. I'm just concerned, really, for the most part, this Raiders offense as a whole with the quarterback change going to Jimmy Garoppolo. Chubb and Henry, you know what the flaws are. You know, the, the lack of work in the passing game, but they're going to be two of the best running backs if they stay healthy. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday with DeAndre Hopkins. I still have the same concerns about, you know, Henry at 29 years old and all the wear and tear on his body behind that offensive line. So I'm a little bit, you know, out on him. But again, I think if ADP holds from what NFC ADP is, if you're getting him at the back end of round two, it's hard to overlook that. But I think these are second round running backs that you should feel very confident in. If you go wide receiver in the first round, you get one of these guys in the second round, you should feel pretty good about that. Would you guys like to hear a fun fact about Tony Pollard? Yeah, sure. Last season, 13 running backs scored at least 10 touchdowns. Among those 13 running backs, Ezekiel Elliott had the shortest average touchdown length, and Tony Pollard had the longest mm. average touchdown length. His average touchdown was 25 yards. Now, that's awesome, right? He's he's the clear lead back in a situation that created 20-plus running back touchdowns. The only thing is, are they going to bring in someone? You know, is it Ezekiel Elliott comes back? Do they bring in another? Like, that's the only thing with Tony Pollard is that one, I would just, I would feel a little better about him if he had been able to finish out last season as a high volume back for the first time and not get hurt. You know, that's just a, it's an unknown for me, but also just if they don't bring in another running back, Either Malik Davis is going to have like nine touchdowns unexpectedly or Tony Pollard's just going to have an absolutely massive season. You know, I, I have some concerns about how many points the Cowboys offense is going to score with the move from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy. But as things stand, if you're just projecting the Cowboys offense as they are currently constructed, it's hard for Tony Pollard not to be like a top five running back. I think one thing that you can look at from the rushing touchdown scenario is they'll probably throw the ball a little bit more in the red mm -hmm. zone. At least that's what Mike McCarthy sort of indicated. Um, obviously, Tony Pollard's got a chance to take a lot of those 12 short yardage touchdowns. Um, but it could also be, you know, Deuce Vaughn. It could be Ronald Jones. It could be one of those other guys that are, mm -hmm. that are there. It could be a group. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find out. But I, I don't think they're done with their, their backfield. I, I think, you know, you, you could connect the dots that Zeke might come back just because at this point, if they haven't brought somebody else in, either they really love that group or they just have said, all right, Zeke, if you want to go look for something else, go look for something else. Here's the deal that's on the table for you. It's probably yeah. peanuts. And, you know, he's, he's you know, mulling that, that decision. But um, I do think that, you know, you look at it. And the one thing about it is, you, you know, you, you touched on this briefly, Chris, in terms of the injury. If it was more soft tissue, I'd be much more concerned. You know, the fact that he broke yeah. his leg, to me, that's more fluky than it is. Sure, okay, yeah. he, he, 
he couldn't handle the workload. You know, I don't think his body broke down. It's just he got tackled awkwardly. Yeah, he did kind of Pollard did kind of falter down the stretch. He he was not nearly as efficient. And I, I don't know if that's a workload thing or not, but you know, Chris, you talk about the Patriots or the Josh McDaniels offense being so good for running backs. I mean, the Cowboys have got to be up there in terms of running well, back fantasy in, points. In <laughs> Kellen Moore's years, absolutely. 18th, 6th, and 3rd in the three in the last three years uh, in terms of total PPR points for their running backs. That's all running backs on the roster. The concern there is Green Bay's offense under Mike McCarthy. They rank 20th in his time as the uh, head coach in RB PPR points. Now that's, you know, different offenses. Aaron Rodgers played at a very, very slow pace and continued to after Mike McCarthy, but that's a bit of a concern. Like I, I did a Twitter thread earlier in the off season comparing Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard and uh, the, the Josh McDaniels offense has just been so much better than the Mike McCarthy offenses in terms of running back production over the course of really, I mean, we're talking almost 20 years for both of them. So it's a, it's a pretty stark edge. Interesting. Um, all right. So one, one more thing here, just looking at this group. If, so if we're saying, why is tier three of Pollard, Jacobs, Chubb, and Henry behind tier two of Bijan, Barkley, and Taylor? Okay. Pollard, it's maybe workload concerns, We've never seen it from him before. They might bring in another running back. Jacobs has a holdout right now, and Jamie's concerned about the overall offense. Derrick Henry, we know what the issues are with Derrick Henry. Terrible offensive line, perhaps. And he's going to be 30 years old in January, so he's pretty old for a guy that we would expect to be a great running back. But why Nick Chubb? Why isn't Nick Chubb um, in Tier 2, Jamie? I love Nick Chubb. I, I think, look, you can make a case that all these guys are tier two. Just make it a bigger group. You know, I was just trying to separate it so we weren't having all these guys lumped together. So these are all, they're within, you know, if I was doing projections, they'd all be within, you know, a half a point of each other. That's how close they are and should be, you know, considered. Because, again, if you tell me Nick Chubb gets more involvement, he's going to compete to be the best running back in fantasy. You know, he, he's, he has that potential if his, his role in the passing game is better. If Henry stays healthy, I'm going to look foolish for, for having him rank too low again. You know, Pollard with the expected leap. Jacobs with what he does in, in, in this offense, if it is still successful. That offensive line proved to be much better than anybody expected last year. So, I mean, we're just nitpicking here. So, yes, Nick Chubb's, you, you know, he's he's been one of my favorite targets in round two. You know, I love going receiver Nick Chubb, it, you know, and, and then a hero RB build just because I think it's it's easy to do. And he's going to, you know, hopefully have that one final big season because again he is approaching that age where you get a little bit worried about it but if there is no kareem hunt or nobody else of significance brought in as jerome ford is the top backup you got to be thrilled about having nick chubb on your fantasy uh, let's go to tier four then for jamie it's Ramondre stevenson joe mixon jameer gibbs travis etn aaron jones and naji harris Ramondre stevenson joe mixon jameer gibbs travis etn aaron jones and naji harris jamie go ahead break down this tier so this is where I think we start to get more question marks. You know, the first three tiers, I think it's pretty obvious. You know, so Stevenson, you know, there's the concern of what do they do behind him and how much do they take him off the field for whatever they're going to do? Because last year he was great. The games where Damien Harris was out, he was a star. And now Harris is gone. He's in Buffalo. So is it going to be what you sort of, they've hinted at, or at least the, 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 the speculation out of the New England media is Ty Montgomery or Pierre Strong, somebody having a role in the passing game. We'll find out. You know, I think Stevenson's going to get more opportunities to maybe get some goal line chances because that went to Damian Harris when those guys were there. Uh, for Mixon, you know the concerns. We talked about this yesterday. You know, end-of-season numbers are productive. Sometimes it's a little fluky how it happens, the four-touchdown game against Carolina. Uh, but top seven, you know, in, in points per game, that's hard to overlook. 
Gibbs and Etienne, I think, have the opportunity to sort of, you know, set themselves up to be in that next group, as as Chris alluded to. You know, we have the changing of the guard. These are two guys that could be the future of the position, um, you know, with, with Stevenson also. But, you know, Gibbs is more of a leap of faith that I think he's going to do more than what DeAndre Swift did, who was top 10 in targets, top 12 in receptions, and it's more PPR thing than non-PPR because Dave Montgomery's still there. Uh, Jones, I think, is still going to be very involved in the passing game, and Harris, you know, is more of a volume thing. So, you know, these are the guys, I think, which... To me, this feels almost like a mini dead zone, you know, because you can see the flaws, mm-hmm. you know, with, with how this this goes. And, and these are going to be most likely the round three to four running backs here. Uh, you can see the pitfalls, you know, Packers offense falls off. You know, there's some talk about Jalen Warren getting more work in Pittsburgh. Um, again, Gibbs with Montgomery, Stevenson with what happens there. So you can see the downside. But for me, I'm looking more at the upside, especially with Stevenson, with Gibbs, and with, uh, with, with still with Aaron Jones in the passing game. I would say... It's it's less that I don't like this group and more that this is where the position really opens up, right? And, and I think you could you could include Brees Hall in this group. I think you can include Miles Sanders in this group. I think you can include Alexander Madison in this group. So it, it's it's less that like I don't like Travis Etienne or, or Aaron Jones at their prices, and more that just I don't know if there's as much differentiating this group from the next group. You know, I, I think in terms of upside, you can make that case because Stevenson, you know, if he gets 80 targets like he was on pace for last season, did he get to 80 targets? He was Andre, like fifth. In, it's, yeah, I think it was so. Pretty he had close, 69 yeah. catches, right? Yeah. So like if he does that again, he's probably going to wipe out his ADP. And and obviously Aaron Jones has been one of the best values for a while. I, I would put Mixon kind of in a, a half tier above the rest of this group just because now that the contract situation is settled, I, I just I think he's going to be a, a top twelve running back almost by default. Like Jamie said, the the road there might be a little bumpy and it might be frustrating. There might be some inconsistencies. I, I think the principal problem with Joe Mixon has been one of perception. I think like five years ago, the Royal We as a community decided Joe Mixon was just this like incredible player, this difference making player who was going to outperform what was then a pretty bad Bengals offense. And he ended up kind of just being a guy, right? Like he he played as well as the offense did. When the offense was better, he got better. And so I think for me, it's just coming down to like Chase Evans was a three down running back in college. And so there's some potential there, but I, I think Joe Mixon's clearly going to get 240 carries and 70 targets. And I just think, at the end of the day, he's going to be a top 12 running back by default. And there's a chance that he has a boom season and, and scores 15 touchdowns and is a top five running back. Yeah, we talked about it a lot yesterday. I mean, I hope hopefully that he can boost that yards per carry like Josh Jacobs did, get better offensive line play. And then if he does get that, all that work, then you're talking about seriously a guy who could challenge his RB1. He, he feels like this year's Josh Jacobs to me. That's that's the That's the way I look at it. Unfortunately, Josh Jacobs was almost a fifth-round pick last year, so you're not going to get that kind of value um, with Joe Mixon, but you could still maybe get him in round three. You know what's interesting, guys? Uh, you know, you try. You always got to compare running backs to wide receivers or other players that are, that are being drafted at the same time. So this this tier is a lot of round three picks. Stevenson, Mixon, Jameer Gibbs, e- Gibbs, ETN, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris. Some of them will be in round four. I could not believe this. Over Using, now look, ADP... A guy in round three and ADP could obviously go in round two, or you know, obviously you know ADP is what it is. It's an average, but using fantasy football calculator over the last five years in PPR average draft position, there have only been 
four running backs who were drafted in round three of a 12-team league and finished as a top 12 running back. It just has not been um, fruitful. It just hasn't been one that's produced, you know, incredible running backs. Is that because of, you brought this up yesterday, that we are seeing running backs getting pushed down more? So typically we see those guys go in the first two rounds that are top 12 guys? Not real. I mean, look, you might be past 12 running backs at some point in the third round in ADP, but still you'd expect more of them to finish as top 12 guys. And four of them? So out of the 60 running backs over the last five years who have finished top 12, two-thirds of them were drafted in the first two rounds, 40 of them. And then... There's no other spot where you can say, and oh, this is where you get your top 12 running back. That's comparable to how that, that's been the case for running back historically. The, the dead zone has historically also included the third round. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's changing because running backs are getting pushed down. But generally speaking, I think it's more the top 12 guys, you know, that that RB1 tier where those guys get pushed up because we're sure that they're good. We're sure that their situations sure, are good. Yeah. And we don't really have questions about the playing time. What, what, what you see in starting in this tier, really, and the previous tier had some age and injury concerns, but the, this tier is where we have, does Travis Etienne have any passing game upside? Does, you know, Aaron Jones, he's got a split backfield. Is his offense going to be any good? Uh, Najee Harris, is he any good at all? Right. At anything. So that's where you start to see, like, the the second or you know fourth tier I guess at running back gets pushed up because potential and upside and you can start to make the case but once you start to have to make multiple cases for guys that's usually when you should probably look at the other options and say well maybe this is a better time to get my second wide receiver you know should I take Jalen Waddle instead you know a guy that I think we have fewer question marks about right but it, yeah but once you get to like the Aaron Jones Najee Harris Waddle's long gone. Sure, so yeah. now you're talking about DK Metcalf and Christian yeah. Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. So I could see people easily going Mark Andrews there if he's there or easily going quarterback. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. the easiest thing to do is take Joe Burrow maybe or Justin Round, round three is going to be, I think, the 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 sticking point for a lot of people. Like, this, yeah. th- am I comfortable here? You know, right. do, oh, I, do I pivot? Yeah. Do I pivot to quarterback? Do I stick with? Well, no, I don't know. Always because the receivers have typically been pretty good in round three. Yeah, that's you know, the now thing. There's- Last year, I looked at that and I was shocked at how bad they were. They feel good in round three usually. The well, you're saying you're saying bad good. how they finished. I'm talking about going in. Yes, I, I know, but we've been wrong. <laughs> this year, they don't feel that good, do they? In round three, after this Higgins. year, the round this year the round three receivers. You mentioned a few of them: Metcalf, Watson, you know, Debo. Those are the ones I think that for me. You know, I, I I would not take those guys, and I'm a Christian Watson guy, but I wouldn't take them in round three. For me, the ones that I struggle with are Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, it's past Chris Olave. So it's once we get past Chris Olave, yeah. I'm I'm fine with Olave in round three. But it's it's Ridley because I like him, but I think round three is too pricey. Keenan Allen just because of his age, you know, feels a little too pricey. You know, it's almost like at this point, and I'm not an early quarterback guy, but it's like okay, I'd rather just take the security factor, knowing that okay, I'm getting one of the top three guys that are still there. Or just pivoting toward to running back, but the problem with that for me is I don't want to take usually two running backs in my first three picks, and that's what ends up happening. Okay, let's go to tier five here. Reminder: Stevenson, Mixon, Gibbs, Etn, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris were tier four. Tier five. I mean, Jamie, ooh la la. This is the theme of the show. <laughs> Dobbins, Damian Pierce, Alexander Madison, Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, and James Connor. Who goes really late? I mean, maybe round seven. Um, but J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, Alexander Madison, Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, James Conner, 
Your thoughts on that group, Jamie? Now, obviously, Brees Hall is the one that's going to stand out because most people are going to have him probably two tiers higher, and I get it. You know, I, if he's healthy, he'll move up at least one tier for me. But I just look at the the history of running backs first year off of an ACL tear, which is why I'm probably not going to draft a lot of Brees Hall and not a lot of Devontae Williams, although Williams makes it easier based on where he goes. But I just think you look at the the track record right now, and, and let's, let's factor this in as well. Ramondre Stevenson might get Dalvin Cook. Brees Hall might get Dalvin Cook. Those are two rumored spots from along with the Dolphins where we could see him, you know, sort of wreck a backfield here. So just keep that in mind depending on when you're watching this. But for me, I think if you get Hall at the right price and don't necessarily have to pay a premium for him, knowing that there's going to be some potential pitfalls, I think this is the spot for him. But I think, you you know, we've, we've talked about this. These are workhorse backs that are going to get a lot of work. You know, you can maybe make a case that Devin Singletary and in Houston, and and we'll see what happens with the backups in, in Baltimore, most, most likely Gus Edwards. And, you know, a lot is going to be made of what happens in training camp with the, the Vikings backfield behind Alexander Madison, whether it's Ty Chandler or Noagnu or, or even uh, McBride, you know, to see there. But these guys should have an opportunity to get a lot of work, and that's what we're looking for. You know, and again, you're, you're getting these guys that have huge upside if they hit. Uh, you know, I feel about Dobbins. I think he's going to have a, a, a monster season year two off in ACL with what this offense looks like. Pierce was great you know, in his rookie campaign in a worse situation, the situation got better because I think the quarterback play will be better. Um, Madison Sanders, you know, uh, Hall and Connor, they're all should hopefully dominate their, the workload in their backfields. And again, starting around four is when these guys will come off the board. It usually feels bad, but I don't think this year is going to feel as bad as it has in the past. And hopefully these guys are productive. Chris, how do you compare tier five to tier four? It's, I know it's, Look, if you're watching, it's easier to follow along. If you're listening, I'm going to try to repeat the names as much as possible without annoying the hell out of you. But Tier 5 is Dobbins, Pierce, Madison, Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, James Conner. We just talked about Tier 4, which was Stevenson, Mixon, Gibbs, ETN, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris. Is there a theme here that separates 4 from 5? No, I think it's very similar cases. I think the guys in the previous tier, mostly it's just that they had better seasons last year. And so we feel a little more confident coming in. You know, Aaron Jones obviously has much more of a track record than the rest of these guys, but it's kind of similar versions of a lot of different guys. It's guys that we're hoping take a next step, guys that we're hoping, you know, in Sanders' case, gets a bigger role in the passing game. I, I personally have Hall and Sanders in the previous tier. Um, Hall is a little more speculative, and, and Sanders is a really tough one because there, there was this, like, oh, Doug Peterson loves to use running backs in a committee or Doug Peterson doesn't want to give one guy three down work. But if you look at Miles Sanders' rookie season, once he became the guy, he was the guy. Yeah. He was getting three down work. He was getting trust in the passing game. They were using him down the field in the passing game. I loved the way they were using Miles Sanders' his rookie season. I thought he was going to be the next elite running back for fantasy. And then his second season... It wasn't a Doug Peterson thing. It was a Miles Sanders thing. Go back and watch Miles Sanders, his targets. He lost his role in the passing game because he was horrible as a pass catcher. Just bad drops, bad concentration, dropped a couple of sure touchdowns. There was a, a week seven, I think, game his second season against the Ravens that has always stood out in my mind. It was just like so many missed opportunities for him. And that was the point where they just stopped using him as a pass catcher that held over with the new coaching staff. But... New uh, Panthers coaching staff is talking about using Miles Sanders as a pass catcher, as a three down back. And I think, you know, how effectively they ran the ball last season, especially down the stretch. If that's a situation where they're going to give an him an opportunity as a third down back, Miles Sanders could be, you know, he, he has top 12 upside, I think, pretty easily in this offense. The, 
the question mark for me is is Damian Pierce because he already got that work through week 14 when he left with the injury. He had 77.5% of the Texans RB touches. That was the fourth highest among all running backs behind only Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Saquon Barkley, which is awesome. Except Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Saquon Barkley were fourth, fifth, and sixth in fantasy points per game. Damian Pierce was 21st. Mm. The offense around him should be much better, but it's also if Devin Singletary, you know, seems like a much more robust uh, target or touch competition than Rex Burkhead was last season. So, you know, if he's not guaranteed that touch share and it's a different coaching staff than the one that brought him in, it's a little concerning for Damian Pierce, I think. You know, Damian Pierce yeah. feels like uh like if everything goes right, he's like RB thirteen. And if everything goes wrong, he's Zach Stacy or, you know, pick your late round running back who popped as a rookie and then lost their job. Right. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, I think I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about tiers four and five, right? It's one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve running backs that I think overall we feel good about as mid round picks. Um, Jamie, do you think these can be your RB one and two? Because you might be able to get you might be able to take these running backs in rounds four and six or something like that and end up with uh ETN and James Connor or Miles Sanders or something like that. Would you be okay with that kind of team? I think you should feel great about that, you know, especially if you end up coming out of your first two picks. If you're picking at the back end of the first round, which is probably what you'll end up happening, you know, so you go uh, a Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb start or, you know, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams, you know, whatever receiver you want to put there in first and second rounds. And these are your next two picks. Sure. Why would you not be comfortable with that? You know, and in some cases you're going to see these guys in round five, which is even better, you know. So, you know, if you go – three receivers or two receivers and a tight end or two receivers and a quarterback, you know, whatever your, your build is. And, and these are your first two guys. There's clearly question marks as, as we've, we've alluded to, but there's, there's still plenty of upside. And even, even a couple of guys in the, the tier after this, you can still feel comfortable with as your number two running back. You know, I think that's more the case for those guys, but yeah, if these guys are your number one, probably not so much James Conner, but I think the other ones, you should feel pretty excited about that. And we're always looking for the next blank. So if we're looking for the next Josh Jacobs, Chris, you've already said Joe Mixon could be the next Josh Jacobs. But I think, you know, you're looking for a guy who's going to get a ton of work um, on a, you know, and, and score touchdowns, basically. But uh, Madison, right? He's Madison, Miles Sanders, James Conner. Those guys could be every down backs. And the thing is, people may not realize this, Josh Jacobs was not an every-down back. You know how many targets? Josh Jacobs last year had 64 targets. Do you know how many he had on third down? Not many. One. He had one target on third down. He had one target on fourth down. Uh, He wasn't even their third down guy. So he got almost all of it on first and second down. Um, Ramondre Stevenson was kind of similar, actually. You need a quarterback who's going to throw the ball to his running backs a lot, which is not always the easiest thing to predict. But I just want to bring that up. You don't have to be the third down back to get a lot of catches. Now, tier six, it feels different to me than tiers four and five. And I'll see if Jamie feels the same way right after this break on Fantasy Football Today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. All right, we uh, we have a few more tiers to knock out here. So four and five we like. We like tiers four and five. Tier six, do we still like it? Are we still excited about this? And tier six for Jamie is Rashad White, Ken Walker, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and Alvin Kamara. Uh, Rashad White, Ken Walker, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and Alvin Kamara. How do you feel about that tier in general? Um, for me, I'm probably one of the lower people on Ken Walker, so he's probably going to be viewed as more of a tier five guy at worst. But I'm just concerned about the potential Swift, s- split not Swift, potential split with uh, Zach Charbonnet. But I think when you look at you know the players in this tier, and if you're looking at it on on this YouTube feed, um, Montgomery's probably a little bit he's he's, he's ranked lower for me. But um, these are these are a, a lot of question marks, a ton of question marks. You know, and again, Alvin Kamara, if he avoids a suspension, will probably be bumped up a tier as well. But you know, you have the the split in Detroit. You have the offense concerns in Tampa Bay. We don't know what to make of what Philadelphia is going to do, but Swift to me is the better bet than Rashad Penny. Um, Akers is last year the way he finished a fluke, or is it more, you know, we'll see what happens just with this offense as a whole. So, and Javante not being hundred percent healthy. So there, there are a lot of flaws for me with the guys in this group, but again, still some, some upside, you know, Swift, if he, you know, I, I think for Swift knowing that there's a, you know, Probably not fair to say contract coming to him, but at 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 what's happening with the NFL guys at the NFL level. Um, but there's a contract situation, you know, with the Lions moving on from him. Rashad White's, a, you know, guy that can certainly prove himself, and he was great every time Leonard Fournette was out last year, or for the majority of that time. So there there's still plenty of upside here, but I just look at more flaws than more cons than pros, and and it it's the reason why these guys are in this tier for me. I think it's interesting that you have Ken Walker in this tier. You want to talk a little bit more about him? He was awesome last year, but I, you know I've said this time and time again that there's obviously a reason, aside from just getting the best player on the board, that the Seahawks decided to go get a running back as early as they did in the second round when they could have addressed a couple of other needs, potentially. And so either they really love Zach Charbonnet, which means he's going to get on the field, or they're a little bit concerned about Ken Walker, which means Zach Charbonnet is going to get on the field. And so... I think Walker is going to be the lead back. I would still treat him as the lead back, but I'm not taking him until round five at the earliest. And because of that, he's closer to this group than he is the group in front of him. So um, it's going to be a great offense. You know, hopefully there's enough for both of them to eat because you look at what 
they accomplished last year and what they added to it. You know, bringing in Charbonnet and, and Smith and Jigba only makes them better. And so Geno Smith should be better, so they should be more productive. But I think we're going to see, you know, not a 50-50 split, but more of a split than we saw with Walker and the other guys who were there last season. And I think that's going to hurt him a little bit, which is why he... Uh, Chris, do you see in this group Rashad White, Ken Walker, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, Alvin Kamara... Uh, do you see any potential league winners? Shaggy check. All right, we are. I got okay, cool. Mute. Mic check for me, please, Zach. Got to mute Jamie because we are getting uh, the producer. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I, I think Javante Williams has probably league winning potential if we get you know to the first week of training camp and he's fully cleared and there are no questions about what his workload is going to be, or even if we get you know towards week one and he's fully cleared, you know more so than J.K. Dobbins was last year when we just kind of assumed he was going to be ready, but the camp reports never quite matched up with that. I think if that's the case with Javante Williams, obviously we saw he was used heavily as a, as a pass catcher last season. That's a, a role in the Sean Payton offense that has had a, a lot of value. That's the Sean Payton offense in, in New Orleans was consistently one of the best at, at churning out fantasy points for running back. So I think there's definitely an opportunity for Javante Williams there. If he's ready and healthy, it's just, Coming back from that injury, you expect he's going to need some time to get healthy, you know, back to 100%, but also just time to get back to himself. You know, there's a difference between he's healthy enough to play and he's healthy enough to be productive. And I think that's the concern there with Javante Williams. The guy that I do think I'm going to draft a lot from this tier is David Montgomery, who I think Jamal Williams had like 46 touches in the green zone last year. or Some just absolutely bonkers number. It was the either the highest or the second highest in the NFL. And so, you know, Jameer Gibbs is going to play a role. Obviously, I think he's going to have a more well-rounded role than, than Deandre Swift. Cause he's probably a better, you know, inline runner than Deandre Swift was. He, he's certainly hopefully going to hold up better than Deandre Swift did. But if the roles are at all similar to what last year was with, you know, Montgomery taking on Williams, being the primary guy near the goal line, being the primary first and second down back. But David Montgomery's been a pretty good pass catcher in his career. So if he takes on even 40 targets and gets similar workload to Jamal Williams, obviously they're not going to score 18 touchdowns again. But if he gets 12 touchdowns and Jameer Gibbs gets five as a running back and Montgomery gets 40 targets, I think he could be a low-end RB1 in this offense. I, I like this tier. I mean, I, I don't love everyone in it, and I don't know how I feel yet about Rashad White. That's the guy that I just... Can't yeah. wrap my head around, but there are enough players in this tier. I mean, I just think DeAndre Swift, for example, such a talented player on such a good offense. I just mm -hmm. think there's so much potential for for great things, maybe not on a consistent basis, but I would love to. And, and Ken Walker, if he is, I don't think he's going to fall this far personally, but if he does, yeah. I'm all in in this group. I think this is a great time to get your third running back. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think even if you, you know, go light at RB. This is a fine second running back group. It's just you're not getting a sure thing from anyone in this group. Like Kamara, I I think he's going to get suspended. It'll probably, my guess would be it'll be like four games. I, I don't think it's going to be a six-game suspension, but I, I'd be surprised if it was, you know, one game or two games. So that's a, an issue there. And just the way they used him down the stretch last season, they just stopped throwing the ball to him, which didn't make any sense. Their offense wasn't any good. It wasn't like they had a plethora of, of, of options, but they just didn't involve Alvin Kamara. And so I, I just, I worry that he might just be a, a, a near total afterthought 
at points this season. So that's my concern there. But yeah, I, I think this is a fine tier. All right, tier seven is Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, Khalil Herbert, and obviously Dalvin Cook, you know, things can change. Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, Khalil Herbert, Samaj P. Ryan, James Cook, Antonio Gibson, and A.J. Dillon. Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, Khalil Herbert, Samaj P. Ryan, James Cook, Antonio Gibson, and A.J. Dillon. And Jamie, welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, how would you define tier seven? Um, again, you know, guys that have some question marks, but certainly plenty of upside. And, you know, I, I really struggle with, you could take Dalvin Cook out of the equation here because we just don't know, but I struggle with the Pacheco, Herbert, and James Cook group because, you know, all of them should be the lead running backs on their respective teams. But to what degree are they going to be the lead running backs? You know, so Pacheco is coming off, you know, a couple of injuries and is he going to be involved in the passing game, especially with Jared McKinnon there? And I think a big wild card is is still... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Herbert has plenty of competition, you know, with Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson. By, by all accounts, he should be the lead running back. And James Cook, same thing in Buffalo with, you know, Damien Harris now there, but how much work will he get, you know, just as a first and second down type of guy? So P. Ryan, he just is is more of a gamble that Javante Williams doesn't stay healthy for the entire season. And, and Gibson, I think, in PPR is the better of the two running backs in Washington, although it should be close with Brian Robinson. Dylan is more of I think they'll run the ball a little bit more in Green Bay, so it'll favor his scenario. But I, I think in terms of just Pacheco, James Cook, Khalil Herbert, those guys I'll, I'll probably move around 100 times before we get to August, end of August. And then Tier 8 is uh, Brian Robinson, Damian Harris, Rashad Penny, and Zach Charbonnet. I'm curious why you have Brian Robinson in there with Damian Harris, Rashad Penny, and Zach Charbonnet. Um, guess my thought would be Robinson more of a more of a known role, I guess, than Harris, Penny, and Charbonnet. Uh, why talk about tier eight? I, I was I was kind of struggling to either put Dylan in this range or Robinson and Dylan in this tier or Robinson in the tier above because they, they feel very similar. You know, guys that are going to get most of their production carrying the ball, hopefully finding the end zone, not a lot of work in the passing game. So yeah, you can, you could bump Robinson up a tier or move Dylan down a tier. But I, I, these, the first two guys, at least in terms of Robinson and Harris, they feel very similar. You know, they're not going to get a lot of work in the passing game. They're going to be touchdown dependent. Uh, you're going to get a lot of empty box scores, you know, when they have uh, a, a 15 for 85 yard day, but no catches, you know, and so, or, mm-hmm. or one catch for five yards, you know, so they're, they're, they'll, they'll do well when they run the ball, because I think that'll be the case, but I just don't think that they have the ability to win you weeks if they don't score touchdowns because of their lack of work or lack of involvement in the passing game. So yeah. um, they're, they're very similar to me in that regard. Harrison Robinson is both like, they're either going to get you like seven points or 13 points. And it's like, there, there's very little room for anything more or less than that. Cause it's just like, they're probably going to get 60 ish yards per game, maybe one catch for eight yards. And so it's just, if they score a touchdown, they'll be okay starters. If not, they'll be nothing. I, I, that's that's kind of the way I look at them. Uh, Penny, Penny, and Charbonnet, I, I think, are the the way more fun picks here, just because obviously Penny's had no track record of staying healthy since getting to the NFL. But man, when he's on the field, he's a really, really electric player. He's been really good basically every time he's had the opportunity. We know how good Philadelphia is at running the ball, and last year's injury. Among the myriad Rashad Penny injuries feels the flukiest, right? You know, you talked about Tony Pollard breaking his leg. That, that was what happened with Rashad Penny. I think it was a, a fractured ankle, right? 
and it was just a got tackled wrong. It's not a, you know, doesn't stem from his hamstring injuries or his knee injuries, obviously. So I do think there's a chance that Rashad Penny stays healthy and has a Miles Sanders season because I think he might just be a better running back than DeAndre Swift in terms of running the ball. So I, yeah. I do think there's there's some, you know, low end, high end RB2 upside for Rashad Penny for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're swinging for the fences here, obviously you're going to need an injury. You're going to need injuries to to have one of these guys be a true league winner for you. Mm-hmm. But God, does Charbonnet really jump off the page in that? And I'm looking at ADP yeah. from last year, and these three running backs went back to back to back. Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary, and Ramondre Stevenson. And, you know... One of those things is not like the other. Well, yeah, Robinson and Harris feel like Singletary to me, and Penny and Charbonnet feel like they could be Pollard, and uh, I forgot who the third guy was. Robinson? Robinson. Oh, 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 Stevenson. Stevenson, Stevenson, yeah. Yeah, but Well, the thing is, I mean, Stevenson got the injury that he needed to Damian Harris. Pollard got the injury that he needed to Zeke, and even when Mm -hmm. those guys came back, you know, they they had performed so well, Stevenson and Pollard, that they were still players you could start in fantasy. Singletary, to be fair, never really got the injury to, to Cook, but I don't think it would have mattered, really. Eh, Cook Cook barely mattered for most right, of the exactly. season. Right, exactly. So yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think I'm that's not a sure Buffalo for, situation. Like, why would I take Brian Robinson, I guess, is my point. Even if Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson gets hurt, it's not like they're turning Brian Robinson into a three-down back. Yep. You know, I just can't take him over Zach Charbonnet because he might, you know, if everybody stays healthy, maybe Robinson outscores Charbonnet. But the upside is just not even common. Well, I think it comes down to what you need. It's a floor versus ceiling conversation. But what could you you possibly need at that point in the draft? Like seven points a game? You know what I mean? It's it's hard for me to get excited about Robinson, I guess. uh, I I, I certainly understand that. But I think, you know, depending on your build and and what you're looking at, you know, he still could have, you know, like Chris said, you know, seven or 13. You know, we could have hopefully more 13s than sevens. And then you're still talking about a guy that, you know, is not – you don't want to say Jamal Williams, you know, finding the end zone like that. But if he's 10 touchdowns, you know, and then he's getting those, you know, consistent 80-yard games, yeah, the floor is eight, but the upside is 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 maybe 15. Sure. Yeah, right. He could, he could have a better year than I'm giving him credit for, for sure. Uh, all right, that is it for the running back tiers. Guess what's coming up tomorrow? It's wide receiver tiers. Very excited <laughs> for that <laughs> with Jamie and Dan Schneier. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Jamie, you too, man. Thanks, buddy. All right. You're welcome. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful day. I voted, by the way. I voted. Yay. Best Bell host. For you, for Best Bell podcast host. Good podcast. Okay, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to see you all today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.